welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello and happy Tuesday. I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. This is episode 188 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast, and I am so thrilled to be bringing you another interview with another Extraordinary Mom. But before we get started, I wanted to thank one of our sponsors who you will be hearing about later in the episode. That is canvaspeople.com. The holidays are rolling around and you're thinking, what do I buy the loved ones in my life? Perhaps a canvas print would be the perfect gift. So stay tuned for later in the episode to find out more about purchasing something through Canvas People. I want to thank so much the people who have been sharing the podcast. You listeners are amazing. I love seeing the favorite episodes that you're sharing and comments that I'm reading, just how the shows are resonating with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I wanted to highlight one of the reviews that was left recently by Melanie Hart saying, love it. This podcast is the perfect blend of fun, inspiration, and education. Jessica has a knack for asking just the right questions. She keeps it fun and interesting, and I'm always glad that I listened. Thank you so much. You guys, these reviews, they not only warm my heart, but they really help other friends to find the show and other moms who may be seeking inspirational stories like these and so by you leaving these reviews it means so much it makes such an impact so thank you so much for doing that if you haven't already left a review give me that christmas gift and go leave a review that would be awesome we have an amazing show for you today i am interviewing liz plakta she's the founder of ruby's rainbow which is an organization that sponsors teenagers with down syndrome and helps them to go to college she is a mom of two including a daughter that has down syndrome and that is when her life and her mission truly changed for the better and so we talk about what her life looks like how she founded that organization and all the good that she's doing she is an extraordinary mom you're gonna love her let's get to it with liz all right i want to welcome liz plakta to the show today hi liz hi how are you doing I'm good. How are you? Good. Where am I speaking to you from today? I'm in Austin, Texas. Awesome. I love Austin. I have a son named Austin. Oh, nice. That's yeah, it's great. A cool little city. One of the coolest, coolest towns in Texas. Um, are you from there? No, I kind of moved around a lot growing up. So, um, oh, but ended up here after I graduated high school, and then. Moved around, went to Colorado and San Diego where I met my husband, and then we came back here. So we've been back here about 12 years. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, for people that may not be familiar with you, I learned about you through Ruby's Rainbow, which we will talk extensively about um, in this episode. But will you just give a little background on yourself and your family, aside from the locations that you've lived so far? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Well, I, I, I don't know where to start. I guess um, I had always kind of knew I wanted to be a mom, and then when I met my husband, um, I don't know, we just, we just, I just knew that he was going to be the, the daddy to my babies. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I was working as an esthetician. I did that for many, many years. Um, I did skincare and worked with a bunch of lasers and stuff. It was really fun. Um, and I kind of just thought that that's what I was going to do um, with the rest of my life. 
and then um, LMA came, and then Ruby came, and, you know, kids change your life dramatically um, regardless, but uh, with Ruby, I really, um, something inside me changed, and I I just felt this huge need to show the world um, just how cool and capable and amazing she was. And so that's kind of how Ruby's Rainbow began. And now I am um, doing that full time, which I never in a million years would have uh, imagined. (laughs) That is incredible. So how old are Ella and Ruby today? So Ella May just turned nine. She's a Halloween baby. Mm -hmm. And Ruby is six. She'll be seven in December. Okay. Will you tell me a little bit more about your pregnancy and your delivery specifically with Ruby? Um, and what you found out shortly after she was born. Sure. So um, with Ella May, I had an all-natural birth with midwives. It was just the way that I um, wanted it to be, um, minus the super painful and very long labor part. <laughs> um, and But the, the pregnancy was, you know, perfect, and I felt great, and, you know, I just loved being pregnant. And so when I got pregnant with our second kid, I just assumed that that that's how everything was going to go. I was going to have her, you know, the same way I had Ella, and everything was just going to go perfectly. And um, I went to see my midwife at about 36 weeks. And all during the pregnancy, I never really felt like I was growing all that much. Like, at 36 weeks with Ella May, like, I couldn't see my freaking feet and (laughs) – You know, I couldn't tie my own shoes, and, you know, I was pretty ginormous. And at 36 weeks with Ruby, um, you know, I just, I was still, you know, quite small. And so when I went in to see my midwife, um, she, I measured small, and so she sent me directly to the neonatal guy almost um, immediately, and um to do a more of an extensive ultrasound um and at that point like nothing had crossed my mind uh, of course i was completely you know freaked out and you know very uh nervous and and upset but nothing ever came nothing i never thought of anything of you know my child having a disability or anything like that um and so when we were sitting um with the neonatal guy it was me and LMA because I had tagged LMA along with me for my uh, appointment with my midwife. And um, so we just went directly to the neonatal guy. So she was there with me. And, you know, he, he was talking about just, you know, she was tiny and, you know, there was something wrong with my umbilical cord and I had to go to the hospital, you know, immediately. I needed to go home and pack my bags. And, you know, none of this was like computing. I was just like in shock. Um you know, I think I literally at one point asked him because I was still working. I was like, do I need to reschedule my clients? Like it just wasn't, you know, computing. And he's like, Liz, you're having a baby today or tomorrow. You're like, <laughs> yes. I have my toddler with me. That's, that's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, you need to reschedule. You need a babysitter. Yeah. Clients. Yes. Wow. So um, my husband and I, my mom came and, you know, took uh, LMA. And then um, my husband and I went to the hospital And, um, you know, shortly after that, they, uh, tried to let me labor naturally, but it just wasn't working. And so, you know, they kind of swooped in and took her out, uh, via C-section and I got to see her sweet little face for like one second. And then they whisked her away, um, 
to do all the things that they do. And um, I remember um, the doctor coming in, so they they whisked her away. My husband went with her, and then I'm just kind of left there, you know, really wondering why it's taking them so long to stuff everything back in and zip me back up. And, you know, I was ready to meet my baby. And um, so finally I'm in the recovery room, and um, Tim had kept popping in going, oh, she grabbed my finger and, you know, all of these things. And um, the doctor comes in and says, well, she's doing she's doing okay. She's, you know, breathing all right, but we have her on oxygen. It kind of goes over all like her vitals and stuff. And then he just says, you know, outright and she's showing several soft signs of down syndrome and kind of goes over all of them, you know, wide gap between the fingers and the toe and, um, the semi increase. He just kind of went over in the low muscle tone. Um, and he was like, we're pretty sure, um, but we're not 100% sure, but we'll know in about a week. And then he just kind of walks off. And so, so that's literally how he I, delivered this life-altering news to you. Just kind of like, so these are the facts, <laughs> just a basic rundown. Like, her temperature's this, she has a wide space between her toes. And you're just like, what was your thought to that bedside manner? I, th- you know, I think um, I, for us it worked because it was mm. facts and, you know, there was – you know, my main concern was, well, is my baby going to live, you know? And, um, so I think that just kind of took, um, you know, that just kind of pushed the down syndrome, you know, to the side because that was just such a tiny, tiny thing at that point. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was all facts. He was very, I mean, it's, it's better than, you know, some ways I think doctors come in and, um, give a diagnosis, you know, with the I'm sorry's and the, you know, all of the things that your child may not be able to do and, um, all of, all of those types of things. So it was very, um, facts driven and he came in and he told us and, you know, my husband, I remember him looking down at me and, um, he was like, did that conversation just happen? <laughs> and yeah. my teeth were chattering so bad cause I was coming out of whatever they had to give me to, you know, I guess, I don't even know something that made me maybe the epidural or something that made me like numb from the waist down. Mm-hmm. So I was literally holding my jaw shut so I could hear people because I couldn't hear things over my own teeth chattering. And I was like, I think that's what he said. But wow. <laughs> but, um, you know, I always, you know, for us, it, it there's only one way to go and that's forward. So, you know, we just kind of took it in for a second. And, you know, I finally, once I could feel my legs, they wheeled me down to my baby. And the second I held her, you know, I just knew she was going to show us everything that we needed to know and she was so strong and so mighty it's such you know this hours out of you know coming out of out of my belly and you know my husband had been a special education teacher for a little while and so you know I just kind of followed his lead he was like you know people with down syndrome in in my school are my favorite people you know he's like we've Mm -hmm. got this like this is you know, this is all good. And so, um, yeah, she was in the NICU for about, um, oh gosh, you think you're never going to forget this kind of stuff. I think like (laughs) 18 or 19 days or something. And, um, they kept like changing. Oh, well now that we know she has Down syndrome, she'll be in here for like six weeks. And they, you know, and then they would come in another day and say something different, you know, and, um, I would, 
get really frustrated and Tim was like, they don't know what they're talking about. Just <laughs> right. Right. One day at a time, one day at a time. Yeah, he's like, just, and I remember like going to get the diagnosis. Um, we knew kind of, I think it took like five or six days to get the results back. And I remember kind of walking down there and we had kind of known that they were in, you know, I think, um, I don't remember how, but I think we just knew that we were going to, once we saw, you know, the doctor that we were, we were going to know the results and we were kind of walking down there and Tim, you know, looks at me and he goes, gosh, he's like, I don't, I would, I would be like disappointed now if I found out she didn't have Down syndrome. Mm, You've like (laughs) already wrapped your mind around that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, already kind of a little piece, I mean, of who she was. And Mm. so I don't know. And I felt the same way. It was kind of like, you know what? Like, this is her. Um, We love her exactly the way she is. And she's going to, um, you know, she'd already changed our our hearts and and our our lives so much in such a powerful way that, you know, it just, um, yeah. So we got down there and they told us that she did. And we kind of did a little inside happy dance. and. I love that so much. And what I've learned from talking to other moms of children, both with Down syndrome and other types of special needs and diagnoses that were not expected, is that that aspect of them is one aspect. And that's what I'm hearing from you as well. Like, she has other aspects to her. She has a certain color eyes, certain color hair. She likes certain things. And she also has Down syndrome. That is just one aspect of her. And it's an aspect that changes things for her, but also makes things better or different in some ways too. Absolutely. Like I I get to see the world, um, you know, through her beautiful little lenses and, you know, that's, um, something that I cherish and treasure every day, you know? So, yeah. um, And I, she's pretty perfect. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that so much. (sighs) Unfortunately though, there are still people in whole countries that do not view it this way. And so part of this podcast is to raise awareness and appreciation for all differences and the similarities we also share. So were there people that did come to you with that, oh, I'm so sorry, and you had to kind of help them to buck up (laughs) in that situation? I mean, um, yes, I did. I mean, luckily my family, you know, was very – um, supportive and, you know, they never had, you know, my mom told me later that she went home and had a good cry. Like after she came to the hospital and we told her, and then she was just like, okay, you know, I've gotten that cry out of the way and now I'm moving forward. Hmm. Um, but you know, I'll be honest, Tim and I, we never cried. Um, so Hmm. I mean, we, we both, um, again, there was lots of other things going on that probably took our minds maybe off of, the Down syndrome diagnosis, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've had people, I mean, I kind of just move forward with, you know, a lot of people, they don't know what to say. And if they say something that, you know, potentially could offend me or someone, you know, I try to just, um, take those like, I'm sorry's and things like that, um, with, a whole lot of compassion and a whole lot of grace. And I know that, you know, what they're saying more than likely is coming from a place of love and, and, and just kind of go, Oh my gosh, I'm not sorry. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, I try and just, um, show that we are 
so happy and so proud and, you know, love her exactly as she is, you know, and of course there's, there's challenges and, you know, things that um, she struggles with and things that, you know, we work extremely hard with her on as a family, you know, we include LMA and all of that too. And, um, of course there's, there's those kinds of struggles, but there's, there's those kinds of struggles in, in every you know, in parenting in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah. no, absolutely. I mean, you see a completely typical seven-year-old having a freak out at Target, and it's you know, it's we're all in this together. We've all yeah, been that mom. The mom like, yeah, oh, uh, can I help you? I feel like, yeah. Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hi guys, I just wanted to interject real quick to talk about our show sponsor, which is CanvasPeople.com. CanvasPeople.com is a very easy-to-use photo-to-canvas service that you can do online to take your favorite photo and turn them into beautiful artwork for your wall, and it makes a great gift for a loved one. I ordered my canvas just a few nights ago, and it was so easy to use. I literally did it in less than six minutes. All you have to do is go to canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, choose your size, and might I recommend the 11 by 14 size, because Canvas People is giving you a free print if you use the code EXTRAMOM. Capital E, capital M, all one word. If you use the code EXTRAMOM, you can get a free 11 by 14 canvas print, totally free, you just pay shipping. Whether you need a new picture for your wall or you're hoping to gift it to somebody for the holidays, I would totally recommend Canvas People. I gave my mom a canvas print of our family photo last year and she just wept. It was perfect. (laughs) There's no better reaction than that, right? So go to canvaspeople.com, choose the 11 by 14 print, upload your favorite family photo and create that beautiful artwork with the code extra mom and just pay shipping. It's easy as that. I want to thank canvas people for supporting the podcast and let's get back to it with my amazing interview with Liz. So is there a right thing to say that was comforting to you during that time or helpful? Is it helpful to address that? Yes, your child does have Down syndrome or just celebrate the baby. Right. Celebrate the baby. Like, I mean, um, oh my gosh, she's perfect. Um, you know, things yeah. like that and questions. I love questions, you know, okay. I'll talk about it all day long. I'll slap my gums to anybody that'll listen about, <laughs> you know, people with Down syndrome and, you know, I, how capable they are and, um, uh, just, you know, how I feel about them. Um, yeah. Obviously I love them all very much. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I love questions. I love opening conversations. I mean, even like things people, you know, well, gosh, do they, are they going to talk? Are they going to walk? You know, like things like that. A lot of people don't know. And so I feel like it's my job as a parent um, of a child with Down syndrome is to um, help the world understand that a little bit better. I mean, I go into her classrooms and I talk with all of her student, you know, all of her little friends at school and you know, I want them to always feel comfortable asking questions and, and, and cause the minute you, you stop asking questions and you just kind of push that to the side, then, then they kind of get pushed to the side too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I've talked to Heather Avis. Do you know Heather? Yes. I yes. Love Heather. She's so awesome. But, but I said, you know, what would surprise people about your life? And she's like, well, kind of how normal it is. Like, yes, we're in this as a family, and there's a lot of extra things that we have to do to support these children with Down syndrome, Um, but our life is actually normal, too. So what are the extras and the things that you do as a family and as a mom of a child with Down syndrome that people should know about and be aware of? 
Well, so she has therapy um, three times a week. She does speech twice and um, occupational therapy once a week, um, which she loves. We're super lucky. Like, she freaking loves um, going to therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and we, I I mean, I work with her on some of the same things that, that I work with LMA on, but, you know, we just try and, um, make it fun. You know, like I said, LMA, we incorporate her in a lot of it. Um, she takes a lot of pride and ownership in a lot of Ruby's accomplishments. And I think that's because, you know, we, we try and, um, include her in everything that we do when it comes to, you know, working with Ruby at home. Like we're right now we're working on spelling words and you know that's really hard yeah (laughs) really hard you know I mean we um and so you know LMA hops in and and tries to help her with her sight words and and stuff like that and so um I don't know as a family we just uh try and include her in absolutely everything we throw her into the mix she's treated just like LMA um is and was and um, we have the same expectations for her as we do of LMA when it comes to behavior education you know all these things I mean of course her educational track is um, a little bit different we work with her you know tons on um, a lot of different um, things more than we had to with LMA but um, but yeah yeah that is so great to know like a snapshot of what your life looks like because so many times I think we we project or we think we know what life looks like for somebody else. And so it's just great to hear the real, the real story and, and how typical it is in a lot of ways. And, and also how hard you're working too, to make sure she's included and, um, you know, fighting for her educational goals and things like that. That, that's a job. That's a job. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you go. It's so amazing. And so you said from the very beginning, you really felt like she was here to teach you the things that you needed to know. What were some of those things and how are you different both as a person and as a mom to both of your girls with, with this experience? Um, well, I think, you know, I have a different kind of view and perspective on life. I mean, I've always felt like I'm a pretty positive person. Um, but she just kind of puts things, you know, into perspective and she slows me down a lot. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like she makes me sit back and enjoy and relax, uh, relax in life a lot more, you know, it kind of shows me the things that are, are truly important in life. And honestly, Um, she just kind of brings this little light and this little joy into the world Mm -hmm. that, uh, is kind of an undeniable little, little light. So, um, she's pretty awesome. You're pretty lucky. That's awesome. So tell me about Ruby's Rainbow. What is that organization? Why did you start it? And you know, what's, what's been going on with that? Okay. So, um, let's see the second I, I, pretty much held her in my arms for that first time, something, I mean, it was literally like a, a spark and, you know, a fire just kind of lit inside my soul. And I knew at that point I wanted 
you know, I wanted the world world to see what I saw. I mean, I came home and I read all the books and cause I didn't know anything about Down syndrome. And unfortunately, I didn't know very many people growing up with Down syndrome. When I was growing up, I didn't know very many people with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so um, I really just kind of wanted to know everything I could know about her. And um, so I got all the books and I, you know, unfortunately, I don't read a lot. Um <laughs> And I came home from the library with, like, books stacked, you know, like, above my <laughs> my chin, you know. And Tim was like, wow, is this all it did to get you to read? Um, <laughs> just because I wanted to know everything. And what I learned from those books was that no book is going to teach me what my daughter is capable of. So they were all very outdated and all very, like, you know, I don't know. They just were too clinical and... Um, so once I kind of just started focusing on her and letting her teach me and show me, um, what she, she could do and what her capabilities were. And, you know, I'd look down at her every day and just wanted the world to see this amazing, determined, you know, capable little lady, the way that I saw her. And so I looked at my husband one day, and I said, I think I want to help somebody with Down syndrome go to college, you know, and at that point, we didn't know if, at that point, I didn't know that there was all these amazing programs, well, there weren't that many back then, there was maybe, I don't know, like 30 or something, but now, six, seven years later, there's like 268 programs across the nation on college campuses for people that have intellectual disabilities, um, I didn't know that all these programs existed. And so, but I knew that I wanted Ruby to have all the same opportunities that LMA had, you know? I mean, I wanted her to be able to follow whatever spark she felt in her heart and go for her dreams and and figure out what she wanted to do. And so my husband and I, you know, we just decided we were going to try and find somebody with Down syndrome and help them to go to college. And that's kind of how it it all started. And our first goal was one $2,000 scholarship. And that first year we were able to grant um, 11 $2,000 scholarships. So for us, not only did we have, you know, all of these individuals that, you know, were looking for funding, but then, you know, there was all these programs out there. And so from there I was just, all in. (laughs) Wow. And how did you raise that money? So that first year, um, I used to wait tables many, many moons ago Mm -hmm. and the restaurant called Maudie's that I, uh, waited tables for is like a little family of people and they've since grown, um, bigger and they, with the same time, it was almost like the stars had aligned in like the most perfect way. They were wanting to do a charity golf event and I had just started Ruby's rainbow. And so, um, we were their, um, sole beneficiaries to their, um, so they raised $7,500 at first, um, that first year. And then we had a bowling tournament, um, which raised, I don't know, like 25,000. I can't remember how much, (laughs) but we, um, basically we're like, Oh my God. Wow. People are like caring and, you know, caring about what, what we're doing. And I always say that, you know, for me as a mom, it's not just the fact that, um, 
you know, we're, we were raising the money, but people are are believing in, in investing in the future for, mm. you know, people rocking that extra chromosome like Ruby Dubes, you know? So to know that people see that potential and are investing in that future means so much to me. Um, and so, yeah, ever since then, it just has kept growing and growing and growing. We've granted... Um, $430,000 in the last six years to over 150 people wow. with Down syndrome who are going for their dreams of higher education and independence. And it's just been so amazing. And I, you know, a huge part of what we do is the awareness piece. It started off as, you know, helping people with Down syndrome go to college, but it's grown into so much more um, in terms of uh, showing the world you know, how awesome people with Down syndrome are and, you know, showing families that have this little newborn baby that, you know, they're holding in their arms and they just got a diagnosis and they're fearful and scared of the future, showing them all of these faces of these amazing individuals, just like their, their new little awesome baby that are doing all these amazing things that they might've been fearful of that, you know, oh my gosh, they're not going to be able to do these things. So, you know, for me, that's a huge, huge part of what drives me is to show um, these families a different future, because once they start believing in a different future, um, then in having a different expectation and a higher expectation, um, that's going to change the whole, you know, life of, of that kiddo. It is. And when I first heard about your organization, I automatically assumed you had a child with Down syndrome going to college. And so then, okay, yeah, I believe in this mission. But I love that you are just looking into the future, her potential, and just realizing I'm setting my kid up for success by empowering these other kids and believing. So you're believing before even the after, right? Like you're still on this journey. And I think so many of us feel like we can't get moving until we're already on the other side of something. No, get moving now. Start believing in that vision now and set Ruby up for success and all these other kids. Can you think of some specific examples of these extraordinary young people that you've sent to college? What are some special things? Absolutely. So, like, for instance, I just was emailing back and forth with um, Zach Benton. Um, We went to visit him at Western Carolina University, me and um, my friend Kelly Hampton. Um, and we got to visit him on campus and kind of see, you know, how that program works and everything. And now he's living independently and, um, in his own apartment and he has a full-time job, um, at Mars Hill university, which is a local university, um, in his hometown and he pays his own bills and he lives about a mile from, um, where he works. So he commutes to work every day and you know it's all of these things that you know you might have you know I used to think oh my gosh we're gonna have a little for everybody and you know Ruby's gonna live with us you know you know right after her diagnosis you know I was like oh my gosh you know we're gonna have you know a little for everybody and then I quickly realized no she doesn't she's <laughs> she yeah. already at the ripe age of six months old was ready to like take off you know <laughs> So, um, you know, hearing stories like this and, you know, hopefully 
showing that it, it is a possibility and you know um yeah i'm just i love i love sharing stories like that so. amazing so what are your hopes for ruby and for the down syndrome community as a whole well you know my hope for ruby is that she is able to do all the things that ruby wants to do she's able to um find her her thing that that fills her cup and makes her heart happy and you know that someday she's able to um sadly enough for me but exciting for her live on her own independently and you know feel like she's a valued part of of the community and society and you know all of these same things that I want for for LMA um so I mean I think just trying to um you know kind of nurture every all of all of those um wants and and dreams and passions and things for her um is what what my hope for her is um as as far as the whole down syndrome community i mean i just want you know again the world to know how cool and capable people with down syndrome are and mm -hmm. you know go up and talk to them and you know have a conversation find out what they're up to and and you know just just believe in them hmm. I love that and as you see LMA as an older sister to a younger sister with Down syndrome as you've seen her compassion and her hard work in helping Ruby to achieve her little inch stones and milestones what have you seen in terms of growth for her and what are you hoping this how this will impact her Oh my goodness. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to say because, you know, she has all of these wonderful, beautiful, compassionate qualities. You know, she had all of these, I feel like some of them before, you know, she even knew Ruby had Down syndrome. Like she's always been the, the kid that wants to, you know, nurse nurse the butterfly <laughs> that lost its wing back to life you know build it a little home inside <laughs> and you know she's always kind of had that like very compassionate you know compete that compassionate peace and that kind heart um which as a mama for me is like the thing I'm most proud of um like the quality that quality in her sure um but you know I see it every day with her just loving not only her sister, but her friends and, and, and just life. And, you know, it's hard to say what that would look like not having a sister with Down syndrome, you know, but I do see her growing up and turning into this beautiful, compassionate, kind-hearted young lady. And that, that makes me just so proud of her. Yeah. I love how I pointed out she was like that before, um, and perhaps that is absolutely meant to be. You know, she was meant to be Ruby's sister and to utilize those strengths and everything, you know? I think so. Yeah. And I'm being serious when I say that she is 100%, um, like, she's she's all in when it comes to, to helping Ruby succeed, which is another huge, you know, piece. I think she's learning a lot about 
um, differences herself and responsibilities and, you know, things that um, might have come later on in life. But sure. she's learning a lot of these these um, things a lot earlier. And we do expect a lot from her. Um, but we also let her be LMA and, and we nurture her um her dreams and thoughts and passions and all of these things, you know, as well. That's, that's a huge, um, thing that my husband and I really work hard on as well is mm -hmm. trying to not make her, you know, Ruby's older sister. Um, you know, she very much, uh, gets to do lots of things that she wants to do. And we, we try and, you know, help nurture her, her passions and dreams as well. Yeah, that intention is so important. And for even people that have typical children, sometimes my younger kids don't want to go to that older son's soccer practice. It's boring. We're going again. Right. Like it's, it's just normal sibling stuff. Um, but teaching our kids from an early age, like you show up for the people that you love. You support them. You cheer them on. Their successes are your successes. You know, like we're, we're all, we're, we're a team. We're a team. And so regardless of what your family composition looks like or what the needs are, we all have needs to feel validated and supported by those around us. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what are your hopes for Ruby's Rainbow, and do you have any plans for the coming years? Well, certainly to keep trucking on and, you know, doing what we're doing. Um, you know, we still turn away um, people every year, which is the hardest part of what we do because I feel like they're all um, amazing and capable and deserve um, the college experience and, um, you know, so just continuing to grow and, uh, raise more money, raise more awareness, um, and just keep, keep trekking on with all that. Just keep shouting how cool and amazing and awesome and capable people with Down syndrome are and keep helping, helping them achieve their, their college dreams. Amazing. So for people that want to find out more about Ruby's Rainbow or donate or become involved, how can they do that? So they can go to rubiesrainbow.org. Um, you know, they can also follow us on social media at Ruby's Rainbow. Um, that's both uh, Instagram and Facebook. I have a Twitter account, but I'm not really a tweeter. So yeah, not either. Yeah, I'm not that hip and cool yet. <laughs> this feels like too much effort. Some things make it over there, but I don't know what makes it over there. Right. So, um, but yeah, awesome. I, um, yeah, I think um, just kind of following along, and you know, for us, not only you know, of course, the way we are able to grant scholarships is through like monetary donations. But, um, for us, a huge part of it is the sharing piece and, and, you know, spreading more awareness. So just simply sharing, you know, some of our recipients, you know, when I do a post or, you know, commenting, you know, some, something of encouragement, you know, all those things go a really, really long way as well. So, yeah, absolutely. And just talking about it. Yeah. And raising that awareness. Yeah. It's key. Absolutely. Well, Liz, what really strikes me about you is just how you really aren't treating Ruby any differently than you are LMA. You don't view her any differently. Like your goals are the same for her and your vision for her is the same. And for all these kids that you're really supporting. And I think that's really what makes you extraordinary. I love that normalizing the conversation. Um, I think that makes you really an extraordinary mom specifically oh, to Ruby, you. but 
But that's a great example, really and truly. I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, my gosh. Like pre-any child? Any child, yep. Knowing what you know now, what would you go back and tell yourself? Holy crap. Um, (laughs) Is that what you tell yourself? (laughs) That's what I would tell myself. I would... um, it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard gig, you know. I mean, being a mom is, it's a hard gig, but it is so incredibly worth it. I always knew that it would be worth it. I just don't think that I really understood how much I was going to love these two little humans, even though I knew I was going to love them a ton, but you just don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. That's good. I guess I always knew I wanted to be a mama, so <laughs> yeah, I was just going to take it as it, as it came. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Less expectations. I think, especially for the first, a lot of people, including myself, I set these high expectations like, I can make the baby stop crying. I can lose the weight. I can do this. I can do that. But it's like, calm right. down. It's like, just love this baby. Love this baby and do your best. And that's all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, LMA, the first six weeks of her life did not sleep. And I was <gasps> like, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> We're never doing this again. I know. I know. There's a lot of people nodding like, yep, that was me. Liz, yeah. thank you for the work you're doing with Ruby's Rainbow. Thank you for inspiring oh, other people, including myself, and for taking the time to chat this morning. It's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Have a great, great day. You too. Thanks. I loved that conversation with Liz so much, and I hope that you did too. Like I said, when I thought, oh, she probably has a college-age child with Down syndrome, and that's why this is like so on her radar to send other kids to college. No, no. Like she is proactively thinking of ways where she would want to set her own child up for success by doing this for other kids first. So I just really encourage you that wherever it is that you are in your life, whatever season, whatever it is you're passionate about, think of ways you can start contributing to the greater good. It doesn't have to be on a large scale. It can be in such small, small ways that can make a huge ripple effect. And Ruby's Rainbow is just evidence that a few donations starting out can send hundreds of kids to college that would have never had the opportunity otherwise. Oh, it just gives me goosebumps. So I want to really encourage you to seek out ways to support charities like Ruby's Rainbow and other organizations that really hit close to home for you, whatever that may be. You can follow me on Instagram at jessicadalquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Check out Liz's family photo at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com and everything we talked about, including links to Ruby's Rainbow and things like that of how to get involved, that will be at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can also go into past episodes for past show notes, and you can even listen to the show right there as well. Thanks again to Canvas People for sponsoring this podcast. This Friday, I'm going to be sharing with you some of my favorite things that I've been loving lately that might also double as some things that you might want to give people for Christmas. I'll have some kids' ideas, some things for you to put on your list, and some um, friends' gifts as well. So it's not officially a gift guide or anything, but it's just some things that I'm loving lately in my own life that you might benefit from as well. So check that out on Friday. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.